This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Heavenly Father, as a family, we come together just to worship you and to honor you. And Lord, we know that without you, we can do nothing. So we invite you today to have your way. We ask, Lord God, that your word would be deposited in our hearts, that we can grow and change and just draw closer to you. And my prayer is that, that every heart is ready to receive the word. Every life will change as a result of it. And we promise in advance to give you alone all the praise for what you are doing in our lives. And Heavenly Father, I do not trust in my own ability, but totally depend upon you to come and speak through me today to bring the word in season to your family. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Well, you may be seated, family. I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, download the app. The notes are on the church app. It'd be a great way just to uh, keep reference of all that, and especially for all of us that are in groups. Who's in groups? Awesome. And then you discuss the word. It's awesome. So use the church app. It's a great blessing to us. Now, as you know, for this month, we've been talking about design. That's been our theme. What is God's plan and design for us? So we're going to continue looking at that today. And the title of my message is, Make Your Life Count. Who wants to make their life count? Every hand should be up. Everybody wants to make their life count, amen? I believe deep down in every heart, everybody wants to succeed. Everybody wants to have great success in what they do, in their families, in their careers, in life. I believe that that's what every person wants to do. But this morning, I'm going to ask you, if you would just take a moment and just think about your world and think about all the amazing inventions that are in our world today. Just take a moment and think about all the amazing inventions that are in our world. The things that we use every single day that people have invented. Just think about them. Think about them in your life, what those different things are and how they've had an impact in your life. I mean, some of them are so simple, but yet if we didn't have them, what would our lives be like? I think of all the ladies, how important their hair dryers are. Or is that more for the guys these days? Because I've got three boys, let me tell you, they all use hair dryers. <laughs> but uh, there's amazing inventions. Some are basic, some are just so awesome. I mean, look at this one. We all know this invention, don't we? I mean, what would your life be without this? I mean, what people have invented. I've got some stuff here with me today. Look at this one. It's such a basic invention, but doesn't this thing change our morning? It's called the toaster. It's a simple, basic invention, but this thing changes our life. And there are so many awesome inventions. I mean, this one's cool for pastors. Just check you're sleeping in the church there. You can see there, Pastor Gary, I got you there. But all these simple things, we use them every day. And you, people who know me, they know I'm a bit of a gadget guy. I like gadget. This is a cool one over here. Let me just try and get it out the box here for you in a minute. This thing is a portable wireless keyboard. Check how cool that little thing is. I mean, when you travel, you know, and you're just maybe not taking all your stuff with you, you've got this little cool little portable thing. It works with your phone. You can just catch up on your emails, fits in a pocket. How cool is that? There's so many amazing inventions that we have in the world. I mean, from our watches to, I mean, our cars, all those things. I mean, you just think of them. The list just goes on and on and on. Now I want you, oh, your kettle. The iron, no, we don't like the iron, but okay, the men hate the lawnmower, but yeah, all these awesome inventions, but family, think about this, so many of them we take for granted, what happens if they just weren't there, what would your day be like, if all of a sudden you didn't have those simple things like the toaster, 
the hairdryer, the kettle, the coffee, oh, what would you do without a coffee maker? My goodness. But just think about those things. If they weren't there, your whole world would change. Your life would change. Your day would be completely different if it wasn't for those simple things. And yet there are many great things. But what I've also discovered, have you noticed this? <clears throat> the simpler the invention, the more basic it is, the thinner the user manual. This is the, the user manual for this toaster. And you'll notice that most of the pages are just safety things. But the actual user part is just two little pages. Because how difficult is it to operate this? Plug, bread, you don't put toast in a toaster, you know that. <laughs> bread, you select the dial, pump the handle down, wait a few seconds and eat. I mean, it doesn't really take much. And as the, as the invention or the, or the design needs is more complicated or it's, been, or it's been designed for bigger things, so the manual increases. I mean, this is the manual for this wireless keyboard. It's so basic. It really is basic. And then I've got one here for a wireless router. That's now got a few more extra little sections to it. Why? Because they do different things and more things. Now, look at this one. This is one for a smart TV. Now, this guy's got a whole lot more pages. Why? Because that thing has been designed to do more. Designed to do a lot more. And you know what I find so interesting, especially for the guys? We don't like to read these things. We always try and figure it out, don't we? And we take forever, and at very best, we kind of just get the thing to do the basic stuff until the wife says, listen, read the manual. It can do more. And as we go along, we find that the more the thing can do, the greater or thicker the manual is. Check out this one. This is a nice thick manual. This is for a digital camera that you can do videography on and all those awesome things. So the manual's thicker because the thing has been designed to do more, to accomplish greater things, right? How about this manual over here? How about this manual over here? Now you see, family, too many times people are not living to their full capacity because they're not reading the manual. Like we get all these awesome manuals for different things, and we hardly read them, and, 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 and we, we get to use the thing at its basic and lowest level because we don't take time to read what the thing can do. Many believers are in the same place because they're not taking time to find out what am I designed for. You see, family, I've never found a scripture in the Bible, not one, where God said, I've created you to fail. I haven't found one where the Bible says, I've made you so you can do nothing. It's not, you won't find it, right? It's not in the word of God. God has made us for great things. You see, in Genesis chapter 1, from verse 26, the first portion of this verse from the Living Translation says this. Then God said, let us make a man, someone like ourselves, to be the master of all life. That's what God said about us. The New King James says it this way. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. That's what God said. He wants us to master life and have dominion. You see, church, in these words that we've read here in Genesis, in these words is a wonderful promise. God has made us to reflect the image of himself. That's what he's done. He's made us to reflect the image of himself. And God, who put the universe in order, he created the land and sea and gave life to birds and beasts and called his creation good. That's what he did, right? But 
It was only after he created you and I, the human race, on the sixth day that he called it very good. And you see, church, we all know this, that the heavens above reflect the glory of God. But yet they are not made in the image of God, and we are. We are made in the image of God. God created us to be more like him than anything else he made. Now, he's God of failure. He's God sitting defeated. But yet we are made in his image and likeness, and there are too many of his children that are not having great success. Their life is not counting because they're failing to take time to discover God's purpose for their life. Now, as we've been talking about all these inventions and inventors, I am sure that an inventor gets great joy when he sees his invention being used. I believe an inventor, when he, de when he develops and creates and invents something, and he sees that thing being used to its full potential, I believe it gives him great joy. Would you agree with me? I mean, if you de developed something and you saw it being used by people for the purpose you invented it, I'm sure it would give you great joy. There's an inventor called Nikola Tesla. Who's heard of the Tesla motor vehicle? Now, he didn't invent the Tesla motor vehicle. This was way after his time. But he was very instrumental in the AC power current, hence his name used in the Tesla car. And Nikola Tesla said this. He was an inventor and he said this. I do not think there is any thrill that can go through the human heart like that felt by the inventor as he sees some creation of the brain unfolding to success. Such emotions make a man forget food, sleep, friends, love, everything. In other words, he's saying, when I see my invention coming to fruition and I see it out there doing what it's supposed to do, I get awesome joy. It brings me great joy. If that's how an inventor feels who just creates stuff, things, how does God feel, the creator of you and I? How does he feel when he looks down at us? You see, family, the Bible says in Psalm 35, 27, the second half of the word, it says, God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Did you read that? He has pleasure when you prosper, not when you fail. He has pleasure when you succeed. When you prosper in every area of your life, the Bible says it brings God pleasure. If it brings him pleasure for you to prosper, surely it hurts his heart when we don't. When we are not successful, when we're not succeeding, when we're down and depressed and we're not fulfilling what he's destined us to fulfill, surely the opposite has to be true. You see, family, God's purpose for the human race is to have dominion. It is his purpose for us to rule and reign, to be the master of life. In other words... God's plan is for you and I to make our lives count. That's what his plan is. Your life must count. In Philippians chapter 3 from verse 13, you read this extract where Paul writes, and he says this in the, in the King James Version. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, this one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind, and reaching forth unto the things which are ahead. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying, God has designed and created me for this one thing, to spread his gospel. That was Paul's thing, to spread his gospel. He was called, you know, to the Gentiles. Peter went to the Jews. Paul went to the Gentiles. He knew this was my thing. This was the thing God destined me for that I could take the word of God to people who don't know it. And he focused on that one thing. 
There's a man called Edgar W. Work. Can you imagine having a surname, Work? <laughs> Edgar W. Work. He said this. He said, the real tragedy is not being limited to one talent, but in the failure to use that one talent. You see, so many people think, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. But you can do something. Do something with that one thing. Too many people are concerned about everything else that everybody's doing, and they're failing to do what God has destined them to do. And in order for us, family, to make the most of our life, I'm going to give you three things. Three things. If you will do these things, I believe you'll make your life count, you'll achieve what you want to achieve, and you'll please the Heavenly Father. So let's have a look at them. The first thing we're going to look at today, number one, is to maximize what God has given you. Maximize what God has given you. In the book of Romans 12, verse 6, we read this. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. There's a key right there. You have different gifts, use them. I love the New Living Translation of this verse. It says it this way. It says, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. So look at that portion of scripture, family. God has, you have been given an ability to do something well. You cannot say, I do not have it. You might not have discovered it. That's a different thing. But you have got a gift. You have got talents. God has given it to you. Yeah, it says, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Have you heard the statement, jack of all trades and master of none? Well, God wants you to master what he's given you. But too many people are dabbling all over the place and they're not fulfilling the very one thing he's given them, the talent, the purpose that they've called for. We all have heard of a man called Edison, right? The great inventor Edison. If you look up and you see these lights, well, he was, in, he was one of the guys who discovered how light works. Now, Edison, listen to this about Edison. Edison set himself an ambitious goal. And that was to come up with a major new invention every six months and a minor one every 10 days. That's the goal he set for himself. When he died, he had 1,093 patents. Some people will be happy for one or two. He had 1,093 patents. Edison made his dream a reality by sticking to what he did best. And that was he knew God had gifted me to be an inventor. And that's what he did. He just worked on that. He didn't try to bake and do, do all these other, other things. He knew my gift, my talent is to be an inventor. And he stuck to that thing. I'm asking you, what is it? What is it that you need to maximize in your life? What is that talent or gift that you have that you need to maximize? And stop being so focused on all the other things. You see, family, too many people are looking at what other people are doing and comparing their life to those people and they're missing out on the very thing that they have. You run your race by yourself. We're going to stand before the Lord on that day and we're going to run our race. You're not running against anybody else. It's your race. And I want to encourage you, establish, find out what is this one thing I must maximize? What is it that God has given me and maximize that thing? Just like Edison did. He didn't try and compete against other people. He did what he wanted to do. He knew what his gift and talent was and he ran with it. The second thing you must do once you've maximized what God's given you, the second thing is to start where God put you. Just start where you are. 
So many people are dreaming about over there and over there and, you know, waiting for their ship to come in and all those things. Just start where you are. It doesn't have to be anything major. Just start where you are. We read this in Proverbs 22, 29. The Living Bible says, Do you know a hardworking man? He shall be successful and stand before kings. That means God will promote you. If you just do what you can with what you got, where you are, if you can just do that and be faithful at it, God will promote you. You know a ship in the harbor is going nowhere. A ship in the harbor is going nowhere. And if you can picture those amazing, majestic sailboats with all those sails, once that boat is out of the harbor, the wind of God can blow on the sails and direct that ship. But if we're just stuck doing nothing, God can't direct us. You might not be where you want to be, but if you just do something where you're at, God can start directing your family. And I want to encourage you to do that. Just start somewhere. And at Christian Family Church, there's no excuse for you not to be involved somewhere. Do something. God will get you on course. Did you know this? That when Jesus went and selected the disciples, when he went around and chose the disciples that were going to join him, did you know all of them were employed? In other words, they were busy. They were doing something. They might not have been the world's greatest things. Not everybody's chasing after the tax collector, okay? But however, they were busy. They were doing something. God works with people who are doing what they can with what they have, where they are. That's what he likes to work with. The second verse is Deuteronomy 30 verse 9. The A portion from the New American Standard says this. Then the Lord your God will prosper you abundantly in all the work of your hand. Here's the key in this verse. Your hand must work. God can't prosper your hand if it's not working. Are you with me? In other words, if you're not doing anything, you can't prosper nothing. If there's nothing, if you're doing nothing, anointing on nothing still gives you nothing. <laughs> okay, you've got to be doing something. And yeah, this verse says God will prosper you. It's yeah, God will prosper you abundantly. Once you put your hand to something, God can prosper that family. So we need to start where we are. Set yourself more immediate goals. It doesn't have to be out there. It doesn't have to be a 10 or 15 year goal. And it's wonderful if you're there already and you are planning on that. Awesome. But for many people, it's just to start where they're at. Start with just your next step. It can be something so simple as this. If you're going to work, school, college, university, whatever it is, maybe it's a simple thing like this. Let me get there on time. Let me get there a few minutes early. Just simple. It doesn't have to be, what am I going to do five years from now when I qualify? Just start where you are. Do something simple. This is a great one for many people. Maybe just get up today and say, I'm going to choose to have a great attitude. I might not like the fact that it's winter, <laughs> but I'm going to get up and I'm going to just choose to have a great attitude. Just start where you are. You see, your success starts just by your next step. Success starts with one step. That's all it is. You've heard this saying before, you can eat an elephant one bite at a time. Just start there, family. So I want to encourage you, start where you are. Maximize what God has given you. The second thing is start where you are. And the third thing is this, focus on what God has called you to do. Focus on what God has called you to do, not what God has called other people to do. Too many people are saying, oh, have you seen John? Have you seen Mary? Oh, what about you? Just focus on what you're called to do. Focus on that thing, the thing that God has called you to do. Paul writes, and we read it, but I want to read it to you from the New Living Translation, Philippians 3.13. The second half of the verse says this. Paul says, 
but I am focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Paul knew I must be focused. I must be focused. He was super focused. When I read accounts in the letters of Paul, he was focused where he went. He told people, I'm going there to preach the gospel. I'm going there to preach the gospel. I'm go he was focused. He didn't say, I'm just going there to visit this person because I've got nothing to do. He was super focused, hey, Paul? <laughs> he was focused. He said, I'm focusing all my energies on this one thing. He focused on his calling. He focused on his destiny. How many of you have heard of a musician called Brahms? Brahms. Brahms was a musician who lived many years ago. And it says this, that Brahms was, uh, uh, music was everything to Brahms. It was his life. He collected music and studied compositions going back to the 15th century. He worked day and night to perfect his craft, refusing to publish anything that didn't meet his exact standards. That's why he didn't publish anything, and his first symphony he published only when he was 40 years old. So he wanted to make sure everything was the way he wanted it. He went on to say, went, went on to say that, and he never married, saying it would distract him. Now, I'm not saying marriage is wrong. Please, doesn't distract you. That was his choice. So all the single people, you can now look for a partner. Okay, <laughs> he said he didn't marry because he didn't want it to distract him. He says, <clears throat> um, I, I am in love with music. I think of nothing but and of other things only when they make music more beautiful. You might say that's fanatical. I say that's focus. You see, he was focused. It's, it's what makes your life count is what you focus on. Stay focused on these things. Find the one thing that you need to do. If you're sitting here today and say, Pastor Greg, I don't quite know what it is yet. I haven't discovered it. We can help you at Christian Family Church. Get onto growth track. Go through steps one through to four. On there, we help you to discover what has God called you to do. If you've been through it and you're still not sure, get on it again. Just four simple steps. And we'll not only help you discover what God's destined you to do, but also help you live it out. Isn't that awesome? So you can do that. You know, in our lives, your gifts and your talents on your life are for other people. Do you know that? Your gifts are not for you. A fruit, a tree doesn't eat its own fruit. I've said this before, I'll say it again. Apostle Theo, I'm so grateful that he's our leader. He's such an awesome teacher of the word. He teaches the truth of God's word. Do you know that he doesn't teach to teach himself? He's not standing in front of a mirror saying, wow, Apostle Theo, that's a great message. That gift is for you and I, for the body. And there are gifts on your life, talents on your life that you need to live out so other people can benefit. If you don't, they don't benefit from it. A teacher is not a teacher for themselves. They're for the pupils. A doctor is to help others, accountants, lawyers, whatever they are. Their gift and talent helps other people, right? There's a man called um, Calvin Coolidge, and he said this. No person was ever honored for what he received. Honor has been the reward for what he gave. Honor is a reward for what he gave. People are honored for what they've done for others. And you have a gift and talent that God has put in you for the benefit of his body and for other people. You need to discover what that is. I want to read to you an extract today from a book of Dr. Mike Murdoch, which is titled, The Three Most Important Things in Your Life. And this is what he says. He says, somebody needs you. Moses was needed as the leader to the children of Israel. 
he was their reward. David was needed by the Israelites to defeat Goliath. He was a reward to King Saul. Naomi needed a caretaker. Ruth was a reward for her. You see, every person God created is a reward to somebody. Think about it. It's very important that you grasp your significance and value. God planned you. No one else can be like you. No one else can do what you do. You are unlike anyone else on the earth. Grasp it and embrace it. God is not a duplicator. He is a creator. You see, family, <clears throat> amen, let's praise the Lord. He's faithful. He goes on to write and says, you are absolutely perfect and genetically accurate for solving a specific problem for somebody on earth. Somebody needs exactly what you have been given by God. Somebody is hungry and thirsty for your presence. Somebody will starve without you entering their lives. Someone is literally dying emotionally, mentally or spiritually, waiting for you to come along and rescue them. Somebody has been lying awake at night praying that God would send you into their life. You are their reward. You see, family, you are somebody's reward. Amen? You think of what it is. This is not just the, uh, spiritual things, but you think of somebody like Dr. Barnard. If it wasn't for Dr. Barnard, we wouldn't have the heart transplants that we have today. He was the first one. It's been perfected much more since then. But he took that gift and talent that God placed in him, and he used that for the benefit of others. You are a reward to somebody, and you need to understand the importance of what God has called you to do. It's not about us. It really is about affecting those that God has brought around us. So I want to encourage you today to remember those three steps, to maximize what God has given you. Number two, just start where you're at. And number three, focus on what God has called you to do. And I, if you're not sure, once again, let me invite you. Get involved here at the church. There's so many things you can do. You can get onto our Bible college. You can do our foundational courses. You can get onto growth track. You can join a group. Whatever it is, if you will just get involved somewhere, God will direct you and you'll see that natural talent and gift will just come to the surface. God will highlight it to you. Amen. So I trust this has encouraged you today for us to know that we can make our life count. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Oh, 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 oh,